welcome to Female Fluence. We are a place of women empowering women. This is a safe environment where females are not judged nor afraid to flourish. My goal is to help you live an energized life of balance, whether as a mom, a wife, or in your profession. It is time to have self-worth and self-compassion. Live in the present moment and surround yourself with only healthy connections. So join me, Promash Shure, a woman empowerment life coach, an educator, and a mother of three to help take you on a journey of true identity and inspiration. Today, we will talk about human trafficking. Human trafficking, also known as modern-day slavery, is a crime that involves coercing a person to provide labor or services or to engage in commercial sex acts. Human rights are something that everyone should have, and when it's violated, it's a crime against humanity. Human trafficking is a massive violation of human rights. Every year, millions of men, women, or children are trafficked worldwide. Most people think that this does not exist in America. Actually, United States is a major destination for this, and California is one of the largest sites of human trafficking. Victims can be any age, race, gender, or nationality. They may come from any socioeconomic group. Sex trafficking is a major problem, but that's not the only type of human trafficking. Forced labor is another type. Victims are often found in many sweatshops, restaurants, and other domestic services. Today, we're lucky enough to have Anna Marquez on my show to tell us more about human trafficking and how we can become more aware of this nationwide problem. Anna Marquez is the Director of Development for Aero Angel. She has worked in the nonprofit industry for the last five years, most recently in human trafficking education and prevention. Working with others and making a difference has always been a priority in her life and is a strong passion for Anna. Currently, she works for an amazing organization called Arrow Angels. Arrow Angel is a unique national aviation charity that helps children with severe illnesses who cannot travel with commercial airlines, but instead fly safely to distant life-saving medical care. Arrow Angel is the only charity in the country that provides free private jet. Anna has a sincere love for this mission at Arrow Angel and the rewarding feeling the team receives with each accomplished flight. Hi, Anna. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast today. Hi. I've known you for many, many years, and I know how much you love to give back in the community, and I really, really um, admire you for that. So if you can just tell us a little bit about yourself, tell us how you got involved in human trafficking in the first place, and shed some light on this very important matter. So as you guys heard in Pearl's beautiful introduction, thank you. I have been working in the nonprofit um, professionally for about five years, but I've really always been involved in um, giving back different organizations. And personally, prior to working in human trafficking, I was really passionate about educating on childhood sexual abuse. I myself am a victim. Um, I I like to say, I actually don't like to say victim anymore. I like to say survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And it was back in the eighties when my story happened and the world has really changed around um, sexual abuse prevention since the eighties. And we've, we've taken big strides, but it all kind of interplays within human trafficking. And we'll get into that a little bit later in the questions, some of the questions you're going to ask me, but 
most children that were sexually abused go into being trafficked in some way or another. So for me, when I was first doing my work, I really felt passionate about speaking about that. And then I had the opportunity to work for the Global Center for Women and Justice for almost two years in doing education and prevention around human trafficking. And they all kind of coincide together. So um, that was kind of how I got involved personally. That's amazing. That's a beautiful journey, but it has taught you so much. And um, we're, we're glad that you're here so you can teach us more about it. Yes. So what are some um, human trafficking indicators? It's hard to actually put an exact indicator on what human trafficking is. Like you mentioned, and I'm so glad you mentioned the labor trafficking portion, because yes. that is actually statistically way higher percentage-wise um, in the trafficking world than actual sex trafficking. And people tend to look over it because it's not as horrific sounding as sex trafficking, right? Especially in right. children, but it is a big problem and a bigger problem than most. So I think some of the signs are just really understanding where you are, the, the person that you're with, you know, if you see signs of let's go, let's talk about children for a minute. Um, if you, if you see signs of a child that they look a little neglected, they are, you know, acting out, you know, they look down, they can't look you in the eye, just like typical signs of almost like abuse um, is a really good thing to look for in children. They used to look for mixed race families that didn't look like they fit, right? So if you had like a Caucasian mom and dad, and then like a Latino looking child or something that used to be an indicator, like going through the airport, stuff like that, where people get stopped. Well, now our world is so diverse and mixed. Right. So that's not a sign that we can look for anymore. I did a lot of um, TSA training as well in the airports. And that was one of their signs. But now you can't racially profile, of course, because, you know, thankfully we've, we've moved forward in society, but, you know, that was a sign um, that they used to talk about. Uh, but now it's really more of an abused look. And even in a human, like a, an older human being that may be uh, labor trafficked, you know, there's been a lot of stories that I personally witnessed of uh, nannies in homes, even around here in Orange County that were barely being paid. People would withhold their payments. They kept showing up to work because they needed something and they weren't getting anything from anywhere and they might be illegal and they don't have any other means of money. For me, it's really been about when I meet someone getting to know that person and getting to know their background, because you just really never know. Um, a lot of these people that are being trafficked hide it and they hide it really well because either A, it's a child that's been, you know, groomed their entire life or B, it's an adult that is so afraid of potentially being deported based on, you know, their current situation or they're afraid of, of the abuse that might incur if they actually tell right. the truth. So it's just really getting to know people that you're around, your surroundings, who your neighbors are, who's living in their neighbor's home. And if we have a minute, I can tell a quick story of the very first human trafficking, labor trafficking case in Orange County. It was around 2002, I believe, in Irvine and very beautiful homes in Irvine. This family came from the uh, Middle East and took a child. There was a whole situation with another child in this family and they sold their daughter to repay a debt and she was eight years old. That family took her here. They went through JFK and they went through LAX and no one stopped them. They had illegal paperwork on her. They had a you know falsified passport, the whole thing and uh, brought her here to Irvine. And she was their slave for their four children. She cooked, she cleaned, she bathed the children at eight years old. She took care of everything. Eight years home. old. Eight years I mean, old. That is just so horrific. I can't even yes. wrap my brain around it. 
Yes. So eight years old from eight until 12 years old, she was with this family. She lived in the garage on a mattress, no sheets, no blankets. She only was allowed to eat anyone's leftovers. I mean, just it goes on and on. I bring the story up to say the the thing that saved her was a neighborhood child was playing in the neighborhood one day. And she said that she noticed this girl in this family's garage and she'd seen her every once in a while. One day she was homesick from school and went out to get the mail or was outside and saw this little girl in the garage. And she's like, and she told her mom, she said, mom, I've seen her a couple of times and I've noticed she doesn't go to school. Well, then the mom felt like something was wrong, notified the authorities. One thing led to another. And she was a traffic child that the family had sold. Now, even though the family sold her in Egypt, it's still illegal in our country, obviously, for this right. to be happening. She was taken in by Orangewood. She uh, only spoke Egyptian. She did not speak English. Um, it took years for them to get her to even speak and testify against this family, but they finally gained her trust. And now she's actually a good friend of mine. We have a relationship. She's a wonderful person. She has children of her own. She's married and she's living a beautiful life. But I bring that up to say that was a sign. This child saw something that didn't seem right. So if you ever see something that just doesn't seem right, you don't need to shout it from the rooftops or go, you know, make a big dramatic scene, but reach out to the proper people, the authorities. Pearl's going to put some human trafficking websites up. There's phone numbers and stuff like that, that, that you can call as well. Wow. That is such a right in our horrible backyard. story. It just shocks me. And the crazy thing is we we think about like slavery and, and the in history and we think it's over. We've come a long way. And here to come to find out that this is still happening in this day and age, like especially an eight year old. It's just it's horrible. I mean, now that so that's a story with like, you know, with a different country. But how do you think how would you tell us? Uh, that we need to be aware of that traffickers can kind of lure their victims right here, let's say in Orange County in America. So I'll be completely transparent with you guys. There's been a ton of stuff on Instagram and social media about this person was following me in Target. This person had a white van outside of Cheesecake Factory. I think they almost kidnapped me, you know, all of that stuff. While I don't ever want to discredit and law enforcement doesn't want to ever discredit people's fears and things from happening. The likelihood of that actually happening and kidnapping from trafficking is not, knock on wood, happening to you and I, primarily. There's always the -the off-the-cuff cases, but primarily your kids are safer with you at Target than they are online because that's where it's happening. Exactly. They are grooming them online. They are following these children who have social media accounts, whether it's through their video games that they're playing or their Instagram or their Snap or they're whatever the new stuff is these days is I can't keep up with it anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> they will follow these, these children and they will look for a vulnerability. They'll look for loneliness. They'll look for, do they have loving parents or they ever talk about their parents, post about their parents? What's their family like? They are so good and such experts that they will find the most vulnerable children. And that's really who's at risk as well. Primarily in Orange County, our vulnerable children are our foster care system children because- A, 90% of them have been sexually abused as a child, so they're already vulnerable. And B, most of those children are lonely and looking for something to belong to. They want a father figure. They want a mother figure. They want something more than what's just in their foster home. They're dying to be loved. desperate, right. Feel loved. So then here comes this expert groomer who knows exactly what to say to them and how to get them and lure them to their location then they make them feel comfortable. They treat them like a prince or a princess for a few months. And then the sexual abuse starts. It starts slow. 
It starts with, well, if you just do this, like I'm going to buy you this tomorrow. Oh, and I have a friend that's coming over next week. If you do X, Y, Z to him, then I'll give you X, Y, Z. And it, they make it so it's almost normal. Um, and that's really how the grooming begins. The things that you see on the news with these people that are being grabbed into vans and taken around Target, usually, again, I don't want to misquote myself, but usually, not always, usually those are kids that have already been in the life. They've already been with their pimps or they've already been being trafficked and they're now trying to get out and run away and they kidnap them back to bring them back in. So those are the, usually the things that you're seeing. And those details don't come out to public because usually law enforcement is working hard on a case and it takes months and months and months to build it and crack it. Again, there's always your off the cuff situations. You always want to be aware of your surroundings and what's going on, of course, with your children, but that's the kidnapping side of it. And then our children, like your children, my children online, even if it's not grooming, it could be sending a sexual picture. Um, it could be grooming them for their own sexual desires, right? Like if you do X, Y, Z, you know, no one has to know. And kids, if we're not talking to our kids and letting them know what's right from wrong, and we're not having these open dialogue conversations, they could fall into being groomed sexually online as well. So, I mean, what, what tools do you think we can as parents give to our children to empower them to avoid this situation? Because obviously, I mean, the internet and social media is a huge factor and that's the fight that we are never going to win because it's going to be out there forever. So what can we do? First and foremost is having hard conversations with your kids, age appropriate, constantly talking to them, even when they're like, mom, I know, I don't want to hear about it anymore. You've told me a thousand times. Well, great. You're going to hear about it today again. You know, always normalizing. I'll say from starting from a young age, normalizing using words like penis and vagina, it makes you shudder and it cringe because right. you want to say the cutesy words, right? Because we don't ever want to let say that. But using those words helps children know that it's okay to talk about those with mommy, daddy, a doctor, and not feel ashamed if something does happen to them. They can describe what's happened to them. That's a wonderful right? point. I love Especially that. Especially to law enforcement. So if they say someone touched my hoo-ha, they'll say, well, what is your hoo-ha, right? <laughs> someone touched my vagina. Okay. This is a sexual you know, abuse issue. So starting young, I'm talking like preschool age, using those words with your kids, telling them that it's never okay to be touched by anyone other than at the doctor's office when the doctor needs to examine something and mommy and daddy are there making sure that that child is safe. Really having those conversations that are hard, right? So it starts with that. Then you move into like a little bit of the younger adolescent kids started talking about what happens on online. Why do I not want you playing with certain people? Why do I, you know, have privacy settings? It's because this is happening in the world. You want to do it age appropriately, of course. And every child is different. So I can't give you guys um, tools or guidelines for each age because like in my family, my 11-year-old is way more advanced because he's got a 16-year-old brother than an 11-year-old that would be the oldest in the family, right? Um, right. So everything is age appropriate. And then as they get into, you know, their teen years, talking about sex openly, making it not something that is taboo talking about what healthy relationships look like, what healthy people look like that are talking about sexual topics, really just constantly reminding them of what happens out in the world. I send my kids articles all the time, whether it's on grooming, whether it's on the latest person that was, you know, sex trafficked, fentanyl overdoses, whatever it may be. I mean, they think I'm absolutely crazy and they think that I think that they're doing it because I sent it to them, but I know deep down inside, they know what I'm doing and they know why I'm doing it. 
Um, and just really keeping that open dialogue with your kids is just so important. I can't stress enough. I think our parents' generation, it was, you know, don't ask, don't tell. Like we don't talk about anything, hush, hush, right. everything's fine. We don't want to know. And I think it was very like uh, protecting the children, right? So they we don't that talk that about protect. it. Don't watch the news. We don't tell yeah. them anything, but yes. this, this day and age, we can't we live can't like that. Hide it. They're going to see it every day. So if they know that we're a safe person because we're constantly talking to them about it, then they'll come to us when they need to. At least we would hope that they would, right? We're giving them that opportunity. There's also another great website that I'll have you post. It's it's a nonprofit. It's Ashton Kutcher actually started it. It's called Thorn. They are primarily fighting sex trafficking online. That is their number one goal. They have amazing resources for parents. They have incredible programs, great TED Talks, just really, really great resources. They're doing amazing. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's really good. Is there like a certain age that you think that are being targeted or really at this point, it's just doesn't even matter anymore. It's most girls being targeted age 12 to about 17, about 12 to 14 is really like the main group uh, because they're still very impressionable. Yes. I, that's, what I was going to say, that's the really hard age as it is already. They're starting yes. to <laughs> dislike their parents and they're trying yes. to discover <laughs> themselves. So it's yep. a perfect time for them to get, you know, lured into this craziness. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. Is there anything else that you can talk about? Any any other information that you have? I'd say um, really do your research on where you are in Orange County. I, I, I want parents to feel like their kids are safe because we still are safe. I, last year, there were zero kidnappings in Orange County, zero, which is amazing. And anything that would have classified as a kidnapping would have been like an Amber Alert, a custody situation, you know, stuff like that. But really be aware of what your kids are doing online. Look through their phones. It's a different generation now. It's not the time where, you know, my dad would always tell me, you can leave, you can write in your journal and you can leave it wide open and I'll never look at it. And that's that's great. But unfortunately, it is the time that we have to look at stuff that our kid, kids are doing. It just is. Um, my kids have an open policy with me. They know that if they have a cell phone, that at any moment I can go through it. I can ask for it. So it's not like, you know, kids are smart. They can delete everything that they want to delete throughout the day. Right. But if they know that any moment I could go through it and I have that access because they're living under my home, these are our rules. Um, it may seem like an invasion of privacy to some that are listening right now, but it's really a way of protecting children because phones are different. Social media access is different. Grooming children is different. It used to be the little white dog with candy, you know, out of the white right. van. And Ice now it's like, truck. <laughs> yes. yep. right. so um, stranger danger. Just continuously, continuously, continuously talk to your kids. That's my number one thing. And then also pay attention to where you're shopping, where you are, your massage parlors, where you're going. Does something seem off? Does someone seem like they're being quiet or secretive? Always keep your feelers up. I know we can't go around this world, you know, constantly looking for problems and troubles. But if you feel something, if you hear something, if the slightest thing just doesn't seem right, contact your authorities. It doesn't hurt. It's always better to be safe than sorry. Of course. Listen to your intuition. And I will say for children too, if you see something that's often another child, or if your child says something to you about a friend, don't ever go to their parents because they could be in an abusive situation and they will get abused even harder and worse for letting it show. Always go to the school, an authority figure, a principal, a teacher, someone that's trained and a mandated reporter, but do not go to parents with concerns about another, about their child, because you never know what's actually going on behind the, behind the scenes. That's a very good point. That's very true. Things can obviously get worse for them. 
Yeah. Wow. This was wonderful, but it's, it's a hard conversations that we have to have, especially as parents. I mean, unfortunately, we know that human trafficking exists. We can do our best to let our children know how to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. As parents, we need to know what our children are doing online and teach them, like Anna said, about internet safety, talk to them about sexual exploitation, about sexting. And then we also need to educate ourselves as parents Mm -hmm. to know all the different apps and websites that our children are visiting. And I mean, the technology is changing continuously and the kids know a lot more than us, but we have to, um, it's a lot of work, but we have to educate ourselves to know exactly what's out there and what they're doing because the kids are usually at least one or two or maybe 10 steps ahead of us. <laughs> Those are the things that we can do to take cautionary acts to protect our kids as much as possible. Thank you, Anna, for being a wonderful guest today. Um, you did a great job educating us on this important topic. If you would like to get involved, please visit humantraffickinghotline.org. And um, Anna also gave us another website, which I will put in the notes. Um, also, if you know someone that could benefit from using Arrow Angel, please visit arrowangel.org or contact Anna at arrowangel.org and follow her on Instagram at Marquez underscore party of six. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Of course. Thank you everyone for tuning in today to Female Fluence. Together we can influence and motivate other mind-like females. Your job is to feel alive, be in control, and always be true to your own self. Please don't forget to subscribe so you can continue feeling inspired. All the links and notes from this episode will be posted on my website, femalefluence.com. Don't forget to also follow me at Female Fluence on both Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, if you are in the need of a woman empowerment life coach to help you identify the barriers that keep you from living the life you seek, please send an email to info at femalefluence.org. Remember my friends, don't just exist, but live your life to the fullest. I'm your host Pearl Mashur until we talk next time.